Long History The Third Voyage of Christopher Columbus Part 5 Thundering and Noise in the Gulf of Perea The Orinoco, Venezuela and Trinidad Hello and welcome to Part 5 of The Third Voyage of Christopher Columbus Now we've already covered the first two voyages and now we're halfway through this third voyage where Christopher Columbus headed a little further south than on his previous voyages. He suffered from the heat at the equator and then made it across the Atlantic to the island of Trinidad. And in the previous episodes, he sailed along the southern coast of Trinidad, seeing some land towards his left without realising that it's in fact the South American mainland. He thinks it's a series of islands. As he continued along the southern coast of Trinidad, Columbus heads towards a gulf called the Gulf of Paria today, but he doesn't actually realise that he's entering this gulf area. He thinks he's seeing islands and he sails around and gets sort of lost in this episode, but he perhaps doesn't even realise it himself. But there's only a very narrow exit from this gulf. And just a note before we carry on, this text was written by a man called Las Casas, who is summarising Columbus's account of this voyage. It's a bit of a strange narrative setup, where Columbus's journal is lost to time, but Las Casas had access to it, so he's kind of reporting this journal. It makes for a strange narrative, for example, where Las Casas knows that Columbus is seeing the South American mainland, but Columbus doesn't know. And it's worth bearing in mind because it's not always clear when Las Casas is speaking and when he's quoting Columbus or reporting Columbus in any way. We'll actually see that in the very first sentence of this episode, when Las Casas, who's writing this text, says, The temperature of this land, he says, is very high. And the he says there is Las Casas reporting Columbus's journal. And one final note before we get on, there's a term Yuya Pari, and that's the name at the time of the Orinoco River. Okay, so I hope that helps. That's enough preamble. Let's get going with the third voyage of Christopher Columbus. Part 5. Thundering and noise in the Gulf of Perea, the Orinoco, Venezuela and Trinidad. The temperature of this land, he says, is very high. And, according to him, this causes the colour of the people, and the hair which is all flowing, and the very thick groves which abound everywhere. He says it must be believed that when once the boundary is passed 100 leagues to the west of the Azores, that many times he has said that there is a change in the sky and the sea and the temperature. And this, he says, is manifest, because here where he was, so near to the equinoctial line, each morning, he says, it was cool and the sun was in Leo. But what he says is very true, since I who write this have been there and required a robe nights and mornings, especially at Navidad. The waters were running toward the west, with a current stronger than the river of Seville. The water of the sea rose and fell sixty-five paces and more, as in Barrameda, so that they are able to beach carracks. He says that the current flows very strongly, going between the two islands, Trinidad and that one which he called Sancta, and the land which afterwards and farther on he called Isla de Gracia. And he calls the mainland an island, since he was already between the two, which are two leagues apart, which is like a river, as it appears on the map. They found fruits like those of this Española, 
and the trees and the soil and the temperature of the sky. In this Española, they found few fruits native to the soil. The temperature of that country is much higher than it is in this Española, except in the mines of Cibao and in some other districts, as has been said above. They found ostias, or oysters, very large, infinite fish, parrots as large as hens, he says. In this land and in all the mainland, the parrots are larger than any of those in these islands, and are green, the colour being very light, but those of the islands are of a green somewhat darker. Those of the mainland have the yellow with spots and the upper part of the wings with reddish spots, and some are of yellow plumage. Those of the islands have no yellow, the neck being red with spots. The parrots of Española have a little white over the back. Those of Cuba have that part red and they are very pretty. Those of the island of San Juan, I believe, are similar to those of this island, and I have not observed this feature in those of Jamaica. Finally, it appears that those of each island are somewhat different. In this mainland where the Admiral is now, there is a species of parrots which I believe are found nowhere else, very large, not much smaller than hens, reddish with blue and black feathers in the wings. These never speak, nor are attractive except in appearance. They are called by the Indians guacamayas. It is marvellous how all the other kinds can speak, except the smallest, which are called jajues. Being at this point of Arenal, which is the end of the island of Trinidad, they saw toward the north, quarter northeast, a distance of fifteen leagues, a cape or point of the same mainland, and this is that which is called Perea. The admiral, believing that it was another distinct island, named it Isla de Gracia, which island, he says, goes to the occident, which is the west, and that it is a very high land. And he says truly, for through all that land run great chains of very high mountains. Saturday, August the 4th, he determined to go to the said island of Gracia, and raised the anchors, and made sail from the said point of Arenal, where he was anchored. And because that strait by which he entered into the Gulf of Baena was not more than two leagues wide between Trinidad on one side and the mainland on the other, the fresh water came out very swiftly. There came from the direction of the Arenal on the island of Trinidad such a great current from the south, like a mighty flood, and it was because of the great force of the river Yuyapari, which is toward the south, and which he had not yet seen, with such great thundering and noise that all were frightened, and did not think to escape from it. And when the water of the sea withstood it, coming in opposition, the sea was raised, making a great and very high swell of water which raised the ship, and placed it on top of the swell, a thing which was never heard of nor seen, and raised the anchors of the other ship, which must have been already cast and forced it toward the sea, and the admiral made sail to get away from the said slope. Ah, oh, it pleased God not to injure us, says the admiral here, and when he wrote this thing to the sovereigns he said, Even today I feel the fear in my body which I felt, lest it should upset the ship when it came under her. For this great danger, he named the mouth Boca de la Sierpe.
Having reached that land which he saw in that direction, and believed was an island, he saw near that cape two small islands in the middle of another channel, which is made by that cape which he called Cabo de Lapa, and another cape of the Trinidad which he called Cabo Boto, because of being thick and blunt. The one island he named El Caracol, the other El Delfin. It is only five leagues in this strait between the point of Paria and Cape Boto of Trinidad, and the said islands are in the middle of the strait. The impetus of the great river Uyapari and the tempestuous waves of the sea make the entrance and exit by this strait greatly dangerous, and because the Admiral experienced this difficulty and also danger, he called that difficult entrance Boca del Drago, and thus it is called to this day. He went along the coast of the mainland of Perea, which he believed to be an island, and named it Isla de Gracia, towards the west in search of a harbour. From the point of the Arenal, which is one cape of Trinidad as has been said, and is towards the south, as far as the other cape Boto, which is of the same island and is towards the sea, the Admiral says it is 26 large leagues, and this part appears to be the width of the island, and these two said capes are north and south. There were great currents, the one against the other, there came many showers, as it was the rainy season, as aforesaid. The Isla de Gracia is, as has been said, mainland. The Admiral says that it is a very high land, and all full of trees which reach to the sea, this is because the gulf being surrounded by land, there is no surf and no waves which break on the land as where the shores are uncovered. He says that being at the point or end of it, he saw an island of very high land to the northeast, which might be 26 leagues from there. He named it Bella Forma, because it must have looked very well from a distance, yet all this is the mainland, which as the ships change their position from one side to the other within the gulf enclosed by land, some inlets appeared as if they separated lands which might be detached, and these the Admiral called islands, for such was his opinion. He navigated Sunday, August the 5th, five leagues from the point of the Cape of Lapa, which is the eastern end of the island of Gracia. He saw very good harbours adjacent to each other, and almost all this sea, he says, is a harbour, because it is surrounded by islands and there are no waves. He called the parts of the mainland which disclosed themselves to him islands, but there are only the island of Trinidad and the mainland, which enclose the gulf which he now calls the sea. He sent the boats to land and found fish and fire and traces of people, and a great house visible to the view. From there he went eight leagues where he found good harbours. This part of this island of Gracia, he says, is very high land, and there are many valleys, and all must be populated, says he, because he saw it all cultivated. There are many rivers because each valley has its own from league to league. They found many fruits and grapes like our grapes and of good taste, and mirobolans very good and others like apples, and others, he says, like oranges, and the inside is like figs. They found numberless monkeys. The waters, he says, 
or the best that they saw. This island, he says, is all full of harbours. This sea is fresh, although not wholly so, but brackish like that of Cartagena. Farther down, he says, that it is fresh like the river of Seville, and this was caused when it encountered some current of water from the sea, which made that of the river salty. So Las Casas can't help but intrude with his own opinions into this document, he says, for example. I who write this have been there and required a robe nights and mornings, especially at Navidad. I guess he's trying to be helpful, but I'm not sure how much help it is in reality. I found it slightly confusing when I first read this text. Las Casas stresses here how Columbus calls this mainland of South America a series of islands. But it is quite difficult at times to separate Las Casas' narrative from what Columbus has seen. In the next episode, Columbus and his men land and meet some of the local people. Thank you for listening to the latest episode of Long History. Don't forget there's lots to explore either on your podcast provider or on longhistory.net, our website. We've covered many famous journeys now, not just by Columbus, all of which are first-hand accounts or as near as possible to the famous voyages and other explorations themselves. This was The Third Voyage of Christopher Columbus, Part 5. Thundering and noise in the Gulf of Perea, the Orinoco, Venezuela and Trinidad. Goodbye.